tonight we're going to be continuing on through the book of Judges. If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to turn to Judges 20. We are getting close to finishing up this story in Judges. We're in the last main story. Uh, this story that we're on now, we're talking about the Benjaminites and some evil things that they had done. Uh, we started this story last week. It covers three chapters, 19, 20, and 21. And tonight we're going to attempt to get through 20. It's a big passage. It's a lot to read. I'm going to try to break it down into four big sections and then a couple of verses there at the end. Uh, but we're going to try to get through all of it, try to keep it under 30 minutes. So uh, I want to get this whole portion of this story uh, in one big swoop so we can understand what's going on without having to break it apart too much. So I'll pray and then we'll read through the verses uh, a few at a time. Let's pray. God, we come to you tonight and I thank you for these words and I pray that you just bless the reading of these words and God, this is some hard stuff that we talked about last week and that we talk about this week and next week with the Benjaminites and all the the things that go on with, with what happens in this story. And some of it's hard for us to wrap our head around and hard for us to understand, dear Lord. But help us to understand it as best we can. And the stuff that we don't, we don't understand, dear Lord, help us just to keep faith in you to know that you are doing the right thing and you always do the right thing, dear Lord. And I pray that you just would... Help us to get something from these words that we read tonight. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. All right, Judges chapter 20. We're going to start in verse 1. <clears throat> Judges 20, verse 1, and we'll read through verse 12. All the Israelites from Dan to Beersheba and from the land of Gilead came out, and the community assembled as one body before the Lord at Mizpah. The leaders of all the people and of all the tribes of Israel presented themselves in the assembly of God's people, 400,000 armed foot soldiers. The Benjaminites heard that the Israelites had gone up to Mizpah. The Israelites asked, Tell us, how did this outrage occur? The Levite, the husband of the murdered woman, answered, I went to Gibeah and Benjamin with my concubine to spend the night. Citizens of Gibeah gained up on me and surrounded the house at night. They intended to kill me, but they raped my concubine, and she died. Then I took my concubine and cut her in pieces and sent her throughout Israel's territory because they committed a horrible shame in Israel. Look, all of you are Israelites. Give your judgment and verdict here and now. Then all the people stood united and said, None of us will go to his tent or return to his house. Now this is what we will do to Gibeah. We will go against it by lot. We will take ten men out of every uh, one hundred from all the tribes of Israel, and one hundred out of every one thousand, and one thousand out of every ten thousand to get provisions for the people when they go to Gibeah and Benjamin to punish them for all the horror they did in Israel. So all the men of Israel gathered united against the city. Then the tribes of Israel sent men throughout the tribe of Benjamin, saying, What is this outrage that has occurred among you? So here the story is set for us. Now, if you didn't listen last week, you kind of get a recap here of what's going on. What had happened was there was a Levite man who was traveling on a journey, to make a long story short. On the journey, he stopped at a Benjaminite city. Now, the man was a Levite, and he stopped at a place where there were Benjaminites who were, who were another tribe of Israel. And so he was uh, trying to find a tribe of Israel to stay with, assuming that that would be a safe place to stay at. But when he got there overnight, he was taken in by an old man who was kind enough to let them stay with him. But men of the town came and knocked on the old man's door and said, Look, send us this man who came into town. Well, 
the, the man of the house tried to send his own daughter, but ultimately it was this Levite man who sent his concubine out to these men. Now it says in the text that these men uh, abused her all night long and they ultimately ended up killing her. So when the Levite man returned home, he did something pretty gross. He cut his concubine uh, into uh, 12 pieces and sent these pieces around to the tribes of Israel to get their attention. Now that's what we see here in this passage in chapter 20. Their attention has been gotten. They want to know what's going on. What is behind this outrage that is taking place? And here in this first portion of, of scripture we read tonight, the Levite man explains the story to him of what happened. The rest of the Israelites are all outraged. There are people that have come from all over the land of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba. Now Dan is at the northern part of Israel. You may remember when we read about the Danites a couple of chapters back, they had a portion of land that was to be theirs, uh, but they ended up moving and going to a different portion of land to take the land of Laish, to take over that portion of land from where they were. So they were kind of in the middle of, of the land of Israel, and the Danites ended up moving to the north. And so when it says from Dan to Beersheba, well, Dan is at the northern part of Israel, and Beersheba is at the southernmost part of Israel. So when it says that the Israelites had gathered from Dan to Beersheba, it's saying that all of Israel had come together over this outrage that has taken place. And this man, this Levite man, explains to them what's going on. And he says, look, justice needs to be served. Make a judgment over what's going to happen to these Benjaminites and the evil that they've done. And they said, look, we're going to take 10 out of 100. We're going to take 100 out of 1,000. We're going to take 1,000 out of 10,000. Ever how big, uh, whatever group of Israelites were, they were going to take a portion of those from each one. And they were going to farm an army, uh, which ended up being 400,000 Israelites that were in this army so that they could go take on the Benjaminites and address what had taken place. And so the story is set for us and now these Israelites who have banded together are about to confront the Benjaminites. Let's read a little further. Verse 13. Hand over the perverted men in Gibeah so we can put them to death and eradicate evil from Israel. But the Benjaminites would not obey their fellow Israelites. Instead, the Benjaminites gathered together from their cities to Gibeah to go out and fight against the Israelites. On that day, the Benjaminites rallied 26,000 armed men from their cities, besides 700 choice men rallied by the inhabitants of Gibeah. There were 700 choice men who were left-handed among all these people. All could sling a stone at a hare and not miss. The Israelites, apart from Benjamin, rallied 400,000 armed men everyone an experienced warrior. They set out, went to Bethel, and inquired of God. The Israelites asked, Who is to go first to fight for us against the Benjaminites? And the Lord answered, Judah will be first. In the morning the Israelites set out and camped near Gibeah. The men of Israel went out to fight against Benjamin and took their battle positions against Gibeah. The Benjaminites came out of Gibeah and slaughtered 22,000 men of Israel on the field that day. But the Israelites' army rallied and again took their battle position in the same place where they positioned themselves on the first day. They went up before the Lord until evening and inquired of him, Should we again fight against our brothers, the Benjaminites? And the Lord answered, Fight against them. 
On the second day, the Israelites advanced against the Benjaminites. That same day, the Benjaminites came out from Gibeah to meet them and slaughtered an additional 18,000 Israelites on the field. All were armed men. So as we see from this passage, the Benjaminites did not have a good response here. Now, the Israelites went to Benjamin saying, look, give us those who are guilty of the evil that's been done. The Israelites were seeking justice here. There was a group, not everybody in the city, but a group of these men who had did this evil deed by abusing, attacking, and ultimately killing uh, this concubine of the Levite. And so they go to Benjamin and say, turn these men over so that we can deal with this issue. Justice must be served. But the Benjaminites don't do it. They seem a little proud. We see that a little later on in the text too. They said, nope, we're not going to turn these men over. Now this situation could have ended uh, as peacefully as possible uh, under the circumstances if these men would have been turned over. There was nothing wrong that the Israelites were doing here. They were simply uh, carrying out what needed to be carried out. These men had committed a crime, a serious crime, a murder, and they needed to be punished for this crime that had taken place. But the tribe of Benjamin said, nope, we're not going to turn these men over to you. And instead, they rallied the troops. Instead of saying, yeah, our, our people did wrong. What do we need to do? We want to make this right. We're, we're going to hand over the guilty party. Instead of doing that, instead, they gathered the troops. They rallied the troops and said, look, you're going to come against us. Well, we're not going down without a fight. And so obviously, the tribe of Benjamin uh, was not uh, too concerned with obeying the word of the Lord and, uh, and, and, and doing what was right in the eyes of their uh, brothers and sisters, that is the other tribes of Israel, and so the war is on. Now, the other Israelite tribes have been able to gather up 400,000 men, it says, uh, strong warriors, people who are experienced in battle. The Benjaminites, however, are only able to gather up 26,000 plus 700, it says, that are choice men, that are left-handed, uh, that are able to sling a stone and hit a hare. So these, these 700 were were men that would have been a force to be reckoned with. Now, we may not think much of a slingshot nowadays. As a child, maybe you had a slingshot or, or something of that effect, and, and you'd go out and shoot things. But when it talks about a slingshot here, this would have been a serious weapon. This would have been something that uh, you can imagine, a rock coming with a lot of force that's being slung uh, with great accuracy. That would be a deadly weapon for that day. That would have been high technology. So to have... 700 men that had the ability to, from a distance, sling a stone that could, that could harm a person, that could even kill a person. You may remember the story of David and Goliath, if you've ever read it. That's how he killed the giant. David did. And so this would have been a, a, a big thing. So even though they had these 700 men plus the 26,000, well, you still don't think that that's going to be enough to overtake an army of 400,000, that this would be a short-lived battle. But that was not the case. The Israelites seek the Lord through this. We see that they seem to be doing the right thing and, and want to do the right thing by God. They seek him and God says, yep, go attack them. Send Judah first. And Judah goes in to attack these Benjaminites and they are defeated. The Benjaminites that go in, it says that there are 22,000 that are killed on the first day of battle. And so they go back to the Lord again and they say, Lord, you know, do we need to keep going? Do we need to attack them? Do we need to fight? And God says, look, go fight them. And so the Israelites go yet again a second day, and the second day they are overtaken again. 18,000 Israelites died. Now this is two days, two battle scenarios, 
and 40,000 Israelites have died. Now at this rate, a couple of more weeks, these Benjaminites are going to have the Israelites knocked out. And so the Israelites continue to seek the Lord, and they, they continue to ask him, God, do we need to keep fighting against them? And God says, yep, go fight against them, and tomorrow you're going to seek the victory. Now I may have got a little ahead of what we just read there, but we see uh, this battle folding out. We see that the Israelites are trying to do the right thing and bring justice to these Benjaminites who seem to be proud and, and, and defensive and ready to fight instead of uh, acknowledge what's done wrong and deal with it and repent of it. And so the battle is raging on, and the Benjaminites seem like they're winning. The ones who have done evil, they are, they are cleaning house when it comes to the battlefield, so things are looking good for the Benjaminites, at least in their eyes. And when it comes to the Israelites, well, things aren't looking so good. And so you can imagine how both sides are beginning to feel. The Benjaminites are beginning to feel a little confidence. The Israelites are beginning to get a little discouraged. So let's see what happens as we continue to read. Verse 26. The whole Israelite army went to Bethel where they wept and sat before the Lord. They fasted that day until evening and offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings to the Lord. Then the Israelites inquired of the Lord. In those days the Ark of the Covenant of God was there, and Phinehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, was serving before it. The Israelites asked, Should we again fight against our brothers, the Benjaminites, or should we stop? The Lord answered, Fight, because I will hand them over to you tomorrow. So Israel set up an ambush around Gibeah. On the third day, the Israelites fought against the Benjaminites and took their battle positions against Gibeah as before. Then the Benjaminites came out against the people and were drawn away from the city. They began to attack the people as before, killing about 30 men of Israel on the highways, one of which goes up to Bethel and the other to Gibeah through the open country. The Benjaminites said, We are defeating them as before. But the Israelites said, Let's flee and draw them away from the city to the highways. So all the men of Israel got up from their places and took their battle positions at Baal Tamar, while the Israelites in ambush charged out of their places west of Geba. Then ten thousand choice men from all Israel made a frontal assault against Gibeah, and the battle was fierce. But the Benjaminites did not know that disaster was about to strike them. The Lord defeated Benjamin in the presence of Israel on that day, the Israelites slaughtered 25,100 men of Benjamin. All were armed men. Then the Benjaminites realized they had been defeated. The men of Israel had retreated before Benjamin because they were confident in the ambush they had set against Gibeah. So here we see the battle raging on for a third day. The Israelites seek the Lord and say, God, should we just stop? I mean, should we just give up now? And the Lord says, nope. Go back one more time, and I'm going to hand the Benjaminites over to you. And so the Israelites are, are, are faithful to go. And the, the, the Benjaminites come out and begin to kill a few of them. And, and it says, boy, we're, we're killing them just as we did before. So the Benjaminites, they were probably, they probably thought, all right, we know how this is going to go. We're fixing to take care of these Israelites. But the Israelites had a plan. And we don't see as much of this plan here, but we see it spelled out in the next passage that we're going to read. But the plan was that the Israelites were going to flee, and as the Benjaminites began to chase them from the city, there were other Israelites that were going to sneak in behind. And so, uh, as the proverb said, pride comes before a fall. Well, that's exactly what's going to take place here with the Benjaminites. They should have stayed, 
guard the city, fought off the Israelites as they came, but instead uh, they took charge against the Israelites. They left their city unguarded and began to chase these Israelites thinking, we've got this taken care of. But the Israelites had a plan that we're about to see. Verse 37. The men in ambush had rushed quickly against Gibeah. They advanced and put the whole city to the sword. The men of Israel had a prearranged signal with the men in ambush. When they set up a great cloud of smoke from the city, the men of Israel would return to the battle. When Benjamin had begun to strike them down, killing about 30 men of Israel, they said, They're defeated before us, just as they were in the first battle. But when the column of smoke began to go up from the city, Benjamin looked behind them, and the whole city was going up in smoke. Then the men of Israel returned, and the men of Benjamin were terrified when they realized that disaster had struck them. They retreated before the men of Israel toward the wilderness, but the battle overtook them, and those who came out of the city slaughtered those between them. They surrounded the Benjaminites, pursued them, and easily overtook them near Gibeah toward the east. There were 18,000 men who died from Benjamin. All were warriors. Then Benjamin turned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Rimmon, and Israel killed 5,000 men on the highways. They overtook them at Gittim and struck 2,000 more dead. All the Benjaminites who died that day were 25,000 armed men. All were warriors. And so God came through and delivered the people of Israel. Now, it looked like the enemy was going to win, and it looked like that Israel was going to lose. But by continuing to seek the Lord and having faith in him and listening to him, God did punish the evil and God did deliver the righteous. Now, this is a theme that we see all throughout Scripture and a theme that we do not need to forget. This plan had been put into place by the Israelites that they were going to lure these Benjaminites out of town. And as the Benjaminites chased them, the other Israelites went in, began to burn up the town and, and overtake the people there. At that point, when the Israelites fleeing saw the smoke, they turned, and now the Benjaminites were, uh, were surrounded on both sides by the Israelites, and the battle uh, was pretty short and sweet, it would appear. Uh, it says that they're able to kill 18,000 in one spot, 5,000 more on the highway, and 2,000 more in another spot, and then it sums it up for us that 25,000 men died that day. Now, if you remember, there were 26,700 that the uh, Benjaminites had started with. And in those first two battles, it, it's apparent they lost some because obviously the number here is 25,000. So they didn't lose many in those first couple of days of battle. But here in this day, almost all that was remaining of the, of the tribe of Benjamin, the warriors who were fighting, 25,000 of them uh, were killed that day by the Israelites. Let's see what happens as we continue on. Verse 47. But 600 men escaped into the wilderness to the rock of Rimmon and stayed there for months. The men of Israel turned back against the other Benjaminites and killed them with their swords. The entire city, the animals and everything that remained, they also burned down all the cities that remained. So there were 600 Benjaminites that survived this battle. Of, of all the ones that were in the city, of all the ones that were, that were fighting, all the warriors, there were only 600 Benjaminites that remained. Now we'll talk a little more about those 600, Lord willing, next week, and we'll see what happens to them and what Israel does. But what we see in this chapter this week and what we're going to see in the chapter we're going to look at next week is going to be a contrast. Now, we won't talk about that yet, but, but in this passage, we see something that has to be done, and that is 
justice had to be served. And the Israelites were doing what needed to be done. The Benjaminites were not innocent people. They were evil people. They were given an opportunity to do the right thing. And after rejecting the opportunity to do what was right, ultimately uh, punishment was brought on them by these other Israelites. They had opportunity to repent and to change and to do what was right, but they didn't. On the flip side, what we see as we get into the battle here, uh, we see the Israelites who were coming against uh, the, the uh, Benjaminites, and, and they're going into this battle, and they're not sure if they're going to, be, uh, going to be able to overtake the Benjaminites or not, and they continue to seek the Lord, but they don't give up. The Benjaminites are a proud people. They had the opportunity to do what was right. They didn't. They decided to come against the Israelites in battle. They were proud. They thought they were going to wipe the floor with the Israelites as they had done earlier, and, uh, and it led to their fall. The Israelites, on the other hand, boy, they had been defeated, and they could have easily have given up, but instead, they trusted in the Lord. Now, this is a big, long story, and there are several things we may could take from it as we look at what we talked about last week in that chapter, and look at what we see this week, and look at what we're going to see next week. There's a lot of things that we can look at, but if there's one thing that I think we need to remember when we read this passage is, one, we don't need to give up. We need to continue to seek the Lord. That's what the Israelites did. They were in a hard situation, but they weren't doing things on their own. It was not their desire to go in and destroy their, their, their brothers, the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, we see that more next week when we get into that chapter. Uh, that was not their desire. They were not just looking for a war, but they were looking for justice. They were looking to do what God wanted them to do. Now, this was a rare thing uh, at times in Israel's uh, history, as we've th seen through the rest of the book of Judges. There were many times that the people of Israel weren't concerned about seeking the Lord and doing what he called them to do. But in this instance, they were. The other 11 tribes had banded together. They were seeking the Lord, and they listened to him. They didn't give up when they were discouraged and said, when God said, look, go back one more time because tomorrow I'm going to deliver your enemy over to you. They didn't give up. They listened to the Lord. And as a result, the Lord did what he said and the Lord delivered the enemy. The Benjaminites thought they were going to get away with it. It looked like for a little while they were, but ultimately they didn't. The Israelites, it didn't look like they were going to be able to overtake the enemy. That, that, boy, God must not be strong enough to overcome these Benjaminites. But at the end, ultimately, we see what happened. Evil lost and the righteous were delivered. The evil were punished and the righteous were delivered. We see that time and time again throughout Scripture. And the same is true for us in our life. There may be times in our life that we may be like the Benjaminites that we may be sinning, and instead of turning and doing the right thing, we may continue in that sin. Now, we have the opportunity to repent if we are still breathing and have air in our lungs, and we read God's Word, and we and, and you're listening and, and watching this sermon tonight, then praise the Lord, you have an opportunity to repent. You have an opportunity to turn from your ways. Now, sometimes Boy, we may do things that are not right, and we may think, well, nothing bad's happening, so it must be okay. Well, we need to be careful, because the Benjaminites, everything was going okay for them after all of these events took place, but ultimately, God dealt with them, and ultimately, God's going to deal with all of us. Now, thank the Lord, through Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven. We can repent. We can turn from our sins. 
Benjaminites didn't do that. But the Israelites did trust the Lord. And the same is true uh, when we say sometimes we may be like the Benjaminites and we may sin and we may say, well, nothing bad's happening, so it's okay. Well, we need to be careful because there's likely a fall coming soon uh, in, our, in our future and there may be something that happens in our life to grab our attention. It's better that we allow God to get our attention now and we repent willfully until, instead of waiting till situations may arise that may, God may use to get our attention. The Israelites, it looked as though they were going to lose. It looked as though the enemy was going to win, but ultimately they were delivered. And the same is true for you and I. There are sometimes that we are doing the right thing. We are seeking the Lord and we're saying, God, why isn't this getting better? God, why, why I'm, not, I'm not able to overcome this situation or this enemy or this thing that's against me? But in due time, God's will will be done. In due time, we will be delivered from whatever it is that we're up against. Maybe in this life, maybe in the life to come. I talked about that Sunday. If you didn't get to watch Sunday's sermon, go back and check it out. It's called A Faith That Delivers. You can find it on YouTube or Facebook, and we talk about that. And here's a good example of that. God's people, ultimately, their enemy was handed over to them. They were delivered of this situation that they were in because they continued to seek and trust in the Lord. Now, we need to decide who we want to be more like. Do we want to be more like the Benjaminites who sinned and didn't care and thought they were going to get away with it and wanted to do their own thing? Or are we going to be like the Israelites and we're going to say, you know what, I'm going to seek the Lord. Even though things aren't working out the way that I want them to, God, I'm still going to seek you and make sure that what I'm doing is your will. And if it is, then we're just going to keep on doing it and keep on doing it. Next week, Lord willing, we're going to conclude this story uh, in the book of Judges, we're going to conclude the whole book, and we're going to conclude this story of the Benjaminites. And so I hope you can tune in and see the contrast between what we read tonight and what the people of Israel are going to do next week. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. I thank you for these words, and I pray that you would help us not to be like the Benjaminites, not to be comfortable in our sin or proud in our sin, and think we can just overcome our sin by brute force, dear Lord, because the only way we can overcome our sin is by faith in Jesus Christ. So help us to humble ourselves and not be proud like the Benjaminites, but to be humble before you to repent and to turn from our sin. God, I pray that you'd help us to be more like these other 11 Israelite tribes that we see tonight. God, that we would continue to seek you and obey you, even when it's hard, even when it looks like we may be losing, dear Lord. Well, let us, let us trust you, knowing that even though it may seem like in the world's eyes, dear Lord, we're not making progress or things aren't going our way, dear Lord, you got a better plan in store for us. And you're going to take care of us just as you took care of those 11 tribes. And God, these are some tough scriptures and this is some tough stuff, but help us to soak it in and to understand it as best we can. And if not now, dear Lord, as we continue to study scripture, help us to understand it the more and more we read and the more we grow in you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvnme.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.